Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yes, Nick, as we have established, the offseason is officially here. So what should be priority number one for Brett Veach? I think there's a lot of different ways you could go with this, but I, I feel like the the number one priority has to be the same priority that it was last year, which is continuing to reinforce the positions of value. That is pass rusher. That is pass catcher. It seems like it's a little redundant because that's exactly what we were saying last year. Now, at this time last year, the Chiefs hadn't traded Tyreek Hill yet, but once they did, it was it was abundantly clear what they were going to do. And even you know before that, they had already signed Juju Smith-Schuster and MVS. Isn't that kind of crazy to think about? I'm going to get off topic here for a second, but go for it. When they signed Juju, we thought it was to compliment Tyreek Hill. We did not think they were signing Juju to be the number one. This offense True. that was up, the Chiefs just just had the number one offense in the NFL. They won the Super Bowl against the league's number one defense. And they did it with an offense that like wasn't the offense that they had planned on having. This was not some sort of grand design of let's get rid of Tyreek and we're going to do this death by a thousand paper cuts. No, they wanted to have Tyreek and they wanted to have Juju and MVS. It just so happened they lost Tyreek and guess what? It didn't matter. They were better than they've ever been. So that's interesting. But I still think that is going to be a position of need. You don't know what's going to happen with Juju. I think they do want to re-sign him but it's all going to come down to the dollar amount. Does he think he can get more elsewhere? Does he think he can go and get a Christian Kirk deal like he got from the Jaguars making $20 million annually? If he does, I think that's a little bit too rich for the Chiefs' blood. I still I still think they're going to go out and try and attract talent, whether that is by means of free agency, whether that is via a trade, or once again using one of their you know top two picks to get a wide receiver. They're not just going to stop trying to get talent just because they felt like they bucked the trend this year. That seems to be a popular opinion. Like when I hear people talking about wide receivers, they're kind of like, well, now that they won one without Tyreek Hill, they're never going to go after an expensive pass catcher again. I don't think that's how Brett Veach operates. I don't think... Somebody who's as good at what he does op, like lives in a world of absolutes where he says, I'm never doing that again. I'm only doing it this way. I think they're going to sort of navigate the market. Same with pass rusher. You went out and you drafted George Karloftis in the first round. You restructured Frank Clark's deal. We don't know if Frank Clark is going to be back next year. And we don't know what George Karloftis is going to look like in year two. I thought he had a really solid season but he was able to sort of get slowly mixed in. There's going to be more pressure on him next year. There's going to be a heavier workload on his plate. You don't go into next season banking on George Karloftis being a stud. You need bodies. You need to have a rotation, which is why the same two positions that I think were the biggest concern last year are still going to be the biggest emphasis going into this offseason. As far as the offense, what weapons 
that we had this year do you see on the team next year? How many do you think will be down? Okay, so the ones we know are Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore. Right? That are going to be back? Yeah, well, in MVS. I, okay. I've, heard, I've heard some people throwing out the idea that maybe you try and uh, cut bait on MVS. I think MVS is here for at least one more year. I would hope and so. I, well, it's a, it's a numbers game too. Like Even if you don't like a certain guy or you don't think he's as good as you thought he was going to be, you need a stable of receivers. You can't just start over fresh every year. You can't just go into next year with two or three guys. Like you want some continuity there. So I think those three are certainties. McColl is interesting. He just had surgery on Tuesday. He was injured at the tail end of the season, tried to give it a go in the AFC championship game, ended up, you know, being for not as, you know, kudos to him for trying to make it work. But now he goes into the off season on pace, he was on pace to have a career year. I think the only way McCole is back in Kansas City is if he feels like he needs to do like a one-year prove-it deal just to go and get that big contract. It's kind of like it's kind of like what Juju did his last year in Pittsburgh. Remember, because the Chiefs went after mm -hmm. Juju, he decided that he wasn't getting the offers that he wanted, so he went back to Pittsburgh on a one-year deal just so he could then go and take an offer elsewhere. Wouldn't shock me to see McColl do something like that. Do we, we still don't know what is wrong with him, right? What did he, what did he have surgery on? Abdomen issue. Wasn't that the official? This is the weirdest thing. It is the weirdest thing, but it's the Chiefs, man. They just don't reveal more than they need to. And McColl, I mean, at any point in time, McColl could have came out and said something to someone, but he doesn't, why would he want to? He's going to be a free agent. He doesn't want there to be scuttlebutt about what is injured and how injured he's going to be and, you know, how close to 100. <laughs> Are you laughing at scuttlebutt? Don't they say that in Little Mermaid? Isn't it just a great word? I mean, let's be frank. Isn't that a great word? I don't think I've heard that since I was 10 watching Little Mermaid. Well, you know what? I think you should try to start I've... the conversation a little more often. <laughs> it's a great attention grabber. Noted. Where does um, a Chris Jones extension fall on the list of priorities? I'm guessing that's number one for you, is it not? It is, yes. He's, it's up there. Well, I think the reason why I didn't put it number one is because I'm so certain it's going to happen. I just don't know what it's like. I would be pretty surprised. Now, I probably would have said the same thing about Tyreek Hill last year. But Chris Jones, I think, is more important to the Chiefs' defense than Tyreek Hill was to the Chiefs' offense. You remove Tyreek Hill, you still have Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL, and Travis Kelsey, who is a top-10 player in his own right. You remove Chris Jones from that defense, I do not know how you get back to a level of respectability. Because let's be honest, Kayla, this was not a... The Chiefs were not an elite defense in 2023, 2022. That was a middle-of-the-pack defense that got to being that good simply by Chris Jones willing them there. Mm -hmm. so if, if that's how important that Chris Jones is to your defense, and you know that he's a leader, right? He's a captain of that defense. I don't know how you could possibly convince yourself that he's somebody you can part ways with. Fully agree. Sorry, that ping text message. We're all full of distractions today. Uh, was Cody, actually. <laughs> Telling me he mailed me the confetti from the Super Bowl. 
Tell like Cody, will you tell Cody that if he wants to be on the podcast, <laughs> he needs to just be on the podcast. Stop disrupting our recording times. Texted right in the middle. That's so funny. This guy, he can't get enough of us. <laughs> okay, let's talk Eric Bieniemy. He is officially the new offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. So this obviously opens up the door for Matt Nagy to return to his role as the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Nick, what will happen first? Will Eric Bieniemy get a head coaching opportunity or will it be Nagy getting another shot as a head coach? Also, I think we say Nagy differently. Is it Nagy or Nagy? I say Nagy. You say Nagy. I'm just going to call him Matt. I'm just going <laughs> to call him Matt. I don't want to say wrong. Coach <laughs> Matt. You know, like when you're a youth, like a youth soccer team, they call the coaches by their first name. Coach Greg. <laughs> I'm going to call him Coach Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't want to answer this question because I don't feel like it's the right answer. I don't feel like it's the, it's the um, feel-good answer, I should say. But I think the answer is Matt Nagy. And, I've, and I think NFL teams are going to have a really hard time explaining that if that is the case. We do see this a lot, reclamation projects. Um, Todd Bowles is a perfect example of it in Tampa Bay. Todd Bowles cut his teeth as a defensive coordinator was one of the best in the NFL, got a head coaching job with the Jets. It went very poorly, much more poorly than Matt Nagy's did. And then he goes back to being a defensive coordinator. Once again, what do you know? This guy's really good at calling defensive plays. And then all of a sudden, you know, he gets the shot to be the head coach in Tampa. So it's not, it's not unlikely that Nagy gets another shot. And he is now in the exact same position he was in in 2017 that propelled him to being an offensive coordinator. But how do you, how, how, how does Matt Nagy become a head coach when he is replacing a guy who spent five years as an OC and had to go to a different, lesser, worse situation just to hopefully give himself a better chance at being a head coach? I'm not saying it's the right answer. I'm saying that it, it doesn't, at this point, I just don't know if Eric Bieniemy is ever going to get that shot, and I can't tell you why. I can't tell you why he's not getting that chance. It it's mind boggling, um, and it bums me out that he has to to make this lateral move in order in hopes of eventually becoming a head coach. Um, when, has ever, when has that ever been the case? When have you ever seen a case of somebody having that level of success, and yet? the league effectively telling you, you need to go do it in a horrible situation for us to think that, that you're capable of being a head coach. Do we think it's because he's under Andy Reid and he's not calling plays? That would explain it one time, two times, three times, four times, right? If it's, an, if it's one hiring cycle and he doesn't get hired, you would say, okay, maybe they're scared off. But it's been four hiring, four, four five hiring cycles where he has had success, got interviews, didn't get hired. So it happens one time and you say, okay, maybe it's because he's coaching under Andrew Reed. It happens a second time. It's okay. Maybe he's a bad interview. If he's a bad interview, then why do other teams, like th these owners talk to each other. These GMs talk to each other, Kayla. So if he was a terrible interview, don't you think word would get around and then they would just stop calling him? Like teams would stop interviewing him because word has gotten around. 
He's interviewed 15 different teams. He's interviewed with the Jets twice. So 16 interviews with 15 different, like why would the Jets interview him a second time if they already interviewed him the first time and they knew it was a bad interview? I think they just brought him in again. So I, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. And, and nobody has articulated an answer. That's the craziest thing. You know, all these reporters are plugged in, right? right? The Peter Kings, the Albert Breers, Mike Florio, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport. You can go on and on. All these guys are plugged in. Every single story gets broken, Kayla. Every single story gets broken before it's official. How have none of these guys broke the story on whatever is causing Eric Bieniemy to not get these head coaching offers? It is, it is truly a one-of-a-kind situation in the NFL. It's bizarre. And also, why does an interview matter when you're running the best offense in the NFL? <laughs> it turns out uh, the job is not interviewing people. Like the, <laughs> to be a head coach, like think about the, how many of these great, do you think Bill Belichick is a great interview? Do you think he sits down <laughs> and just blows you away with his? <laughs> like, no. Have I told you about the time he turned me down for an interview? Bill Belichick? Yeah. Let's hear it. Um, I was working for the Premier Lacrosse League. It was our very first weekend um, at Foxborough. He's a huge lacrosse guy, friends with the the founders. Um, and he was on the sidelines, and I was the the in-game host for the entire first season. And so I had my camera people, producer. They're like, okay, let's go get an interview with Bill. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> so I just like, naive me. They just threw me to the wolves, honestly. I just walked up. I was like, hey, Bill, uh, can we get an interview? And he goes, no, I'm good. And I go, okay, thanks. And, and he just walked away with my tail between my legs. And they're like, oh, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't do interviews. And I'm like, well, then why did you just ask me to do one? They're like, we just thought maybe he would say yes. And they knew you were young and eager and you yep. weren't going to say no. Yep. Did he smile at you at least? Was he friendly? Um, maybe. I don't even remember. <laughs> I was mortified. I was like, cool. Oh, yeah. Thanks for that. They threw you right into the lion's den. Yep. You know, what's so interesting about the Bill Belichick comparison is now you've got Nagy who comes back. You know, he's got spent all this time under Andy Reid. Has a great relationship with Andy. He said when he you know, got let go by the Bears and took the, the quarterback's coaching position with the Chiefs, he said he did it because of his relationship with Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, and Patrick Mahomes. Those are the three people he named. Great relationships with all three of those guys. Wanted to work with them again. He now comes back in a similar situation to what Josh McDaniels did with the Patriots, right? Left, took the Broncos job, failed miserably. Bill said, come on back, man. You know the players, you know the personnel, you know the scheme, you know the system, you know everybody in the building. Th that, that profession, like many professions, is built on relationships. Now that it, Matt Nagy comes back, if he has success, I would imagine a year from now, two years from now, he's going to get those, those calls to interview for a head coaching position again, much like Josh McDaniels got a lot of interviews and turned a lot of them down. Would you be comfortable with Matt Nagy being the coach in waiting under Andy Reid? Would you be comfortable with him being like the successor, if you will, for whenever that day comes when Andy decides to hang him up? I don't even like talking about this day because it makes me emotional. But, <laughs> well, okay, yeah. that's what I was going to ask. Do we think it's going to be Matt Nagy? Or in a weird turn of events, could it be the enemy who gets his first head coaching job to replace 
Andy Reid. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be strange? Let's imagine, okay, three years from now. Let's, let's do two years from now because I think Bien-Ami now he's now he's in such a bad situation in Washington. Like he's got like a two-year window to get a head coaching gig. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I think those opportunities are going to dry up. So let's say uh, Andy Reid's 63, 64? 64. 64. So let's say two years from now, the Chiefs win two more Super Bowls, and he's like, I got four titles. I'm widely respected as a top three coach ever. Hanging him up. I got nothing left to prove. The Chiefs have to call Eric Bieniemy, right? <laughs> like you can't, you, go think. you can't go to bat for this guy year after year and have much success for him and not consider him. But also the thing with the Chiefs is you get to call whoever you want. You're yeah. the Chiefs. You are one of the premier brands in the NFL. If your head coaching vacancy opens up and Patrick Mahomes is sitting there at quarterback, anybody who's anyone would want the opportunity to come and play with him or to coach for him. 